Before we begin the show, we give a moment of silence for Toni Morrison. Rest in power. Back to the show. Tamika Maori, the homie, my son, they on the Breakfast Club. And you know, whenever Tamika Maori shows up, you know it's going to be gems. You know, she said some things in the past that I've told you I felt some type of way about saying some people aren't the real kind of uh, activists. But other than that, there's not much that uh, her and I disagree on. My my son has always been uh, appears to be a a stand up person. I've never met these two people, Uh, but here they are on the Breakfast Club. And wow, I didn't even know that they were the people that were protesting during the debates the other day with uh, Mayor uh, DeBazio, I believe his name is, in New York. I had no idea. So they're they're detailing their experience of uh, having to speak out because the things that he was saying were inaccurate. And here he is running for president and he can't even take care of home. It's funny that they're saying this because as I was looking at the debates last week, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I didn't even know they were in the crowd. I didn't know Angela Yee was there. I didn't know any of all that. What I did know was this dude running for president, he got stuff that he needed to be taken care of. And so it's funny to hear that uh, from them as I'm listening to this interview. Uh, but what I want to do is be able to analyze this uh, interview. Uh, we're about five, ten minutes in. I want to analyze, pick up the gems that are being found and then share them with the culture. And then you can go watch the interview and see what I missed or did not miss or however you feel about it. Uh, so let's dive into the next point. So as you continue to listen and you, you listen to my song, you listen to Tamika Maori on The Breakfast Club and Tamika is talking about how we have to have someone in the office uh, of, the, of the presidency who understands the concerns of the people. I mean, right now we're only about seven, eight minutes into this conversation. And so anytime these two sit down, it is going to be pivotal, right? And then the gentleman that's with them, I'm sorry, I don't have his name. I'll have it by the end of the show. The, the gentleman that is with them, he says, you know, I don't think the system is broken. I think the system is working the exact way it's supposed to be. We talked about that with Cornell West on on a uh, few episodes ago. The system isn't broken. What are y'all talking about? The system was never broken. The system is working just fine. Stop fighting people. Podcasters out there, everybody listening. This is Black Equity Network. I'm telling you to stop fighting people and start fighting systems. The system isn't broken. It never was. This is, it, the system is working exactly the way they want it to work because it favors them. 
So stop playing along to the system. Stop trying to improve the system. The system is broken for us. It's working just fine for them. The system is what we're, we're talking about. It's all about the system. Everything you have in your life is a system. It's a system on top of a system on top of another system. Your business you have is a system. If you're employed, you're inside of a system. Everything is a system. And if you don't like it, you got to step outside of that system and create a new one. But you don't want to do that. You want to fight. You want to fight people that are inside of a system that's going to protect those people. And so you then have 50 years of fighting for injustice, fighting against injustice and, 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 and marching and going towards all these different things because the system, we want the system to change. The system is not going to change. It's not broken for them. It's not broken. What are we doing? That is, that's why you have to love when Samika Mallory, my son, when they come on The Breakfast Club, because we, we got to take a break from all the shenanigans that sometimes goes on The Breakfast Club and Hot 97 and, and all these other quote unquote urban outlets, quotes there. <laughs> all these, uh, narratives that get spun. It's time to have the real conversation. Fight the system. Fight the system by creating your own. But will we do that? Or will we still try to play along to theirs? So then we get into this idea of what is going on with the Eric Gardner situation. It's obvious as day of what's going on. <laughs> But what they're explaining on this interview is the buck is getting passed around from department to department to department and nobody knows what to do. And everybody was waiting for this to happen and that. It's the system. The system passes bucks around. Only a system would pass a buck around. A system allows information to go from one department to another. It's the system. And then Charlemagne asks the most pivotal question of the day. He asks, I don't understand why black elected officials are so concerned and so worried about doing uh, the necessary work to help black people. Huh. Oh, that's that's a great question, Charlemagne. Let's take a break and I'll answer it for you. I'm often asked, hey, DJ, when you first came in and you were trying to figure out this game that we call life and you were trying to become a con- content creator and you're building your podcast, who was, who was the kind of person that helped you out? Well, it's very obvious for me. One of the most pivotal people uh, for me in my success has been Ash Cash. And he, he's helped me tremendously. He's been a great 
friend, a great mentor, someone that I can reach out to. He always responds back to me. We look out for each other. I love, love, love the content that he puts out. And so if you are interested in getting your mind right, your money right, I would invite you to head over to I am Ash Cash on Instagram and go check out his Mind Right, Money Right workshop. It is, for me, what ended up elevating my mind and elevating the way that I approach this thing. And what I really love about Ash Cash is he's never felt threatened or tried to stop me from doing anything. He's always provided me significant value all day, every day. And I've never been just a taker, like, oh, I'm just going to take the information. Also share information as well. So you're hearing this live here on Black Equity. Become um, mind right and money right. And also go ahead and sign up for his new book. Oh, he's taking the principles that Nipsey Hussle has provided us. Principles, my friend, principles. He's provided these principles. uh, And I want you to go uh, download and, and get the access to the book that's coming out with Ash Cash. So go do that right now and then come right back so we can finish up here on Black Equity. Why are black elected officials scared to implement laws and hold people accountable that would actually impact and benefit the black community? Huh, great question, Charlemagne. And before we get to the answers that were provided, because I haven't listened to that part yet. As I'm listening to this, I'm, I'm stopping and I'm giving my take and then we'll see what they say. Here's my take. Before anybody else jumps inside my brain to tell me what the answer is, here's my take. The reason why black elected officials do things that do not help black people is because those black elected officials are not hired by the black community. They are just a black face for a white agenda. They are just a black face for a white agenda. And it's not just politics. Some of these black organizations out here, they are just black faces for a white agenda. You can look around and find out. When things happen in the culture, mum is the word. They don't care about the culture. They just want to have black tied to their name. They don't really care, care. (laughs) They don't really care. They don't care. They just they just want a piece of the black equity. They want they want black equity. Of course, of course, you want black equity. They love our culture, but hate our people. And some of those people are black. And so why don't they do it? Because they're not hired by us. We haven't taken care of the economics to properly hire the right politicians who are going to speak on our behalf. And also hold people to the fire, hold their feet to the fire to make sure that what we need to get done is accomplished. That's my answer. But let's see what they say. That's a great answer, my son. My son says it's a sick mentality. 
where if people see people from other cultures see that we're helping our own, then they may not want to elect us in the in the in the future. That's a fair answer. It's not. I don't think it is the answer. Of course, I think that my answer is the answer. But of course, my son could think that his answer is his is the answer. <laughs> so nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. So my son offers a really great perspective. He says, hey, it's because it's a sick mentality. It's that slave mentality of, ooh, if they see that I'm helping this person out, you know, how will I be viewed? Mm, that's a sad life to live. Tamika Mallory says, well, here's what, here's what the issue is, is these people want to go take care of everybody first and then come back to the black community, come to our churches, hang out with us, and pretend to be our friends. But they'll make sure everybody else is okay first. But us, they want to pretend to be our friends. Here's the real thing. They know that we are the most powerful culture in the world. And they're they're afraid of us. They are scared to death that if we are in position of true power, which we already are, by the way, (laughs) because all this stuff is make believe anyway. This is how I know we're in true power. Because they won't even allow us to have the make believe one. How do you know you're in true power? When people try to take away the make-believe power. (laughs) Oh, that's how you know. They have a make-believe power out here. It's all make-believe. And so they're not going to let you have it. But you already are powerful. You're actually the original people. But they won't tell you that. When you sit down and go through all the years of high school and then you get to American history and then they, the first thing they say is, uh, you know, and then the slaves showed up. Uh, uh, excuse me? That's the beginning of black culture? Is the slaves show up? That's when I knew that something wasn't adding up. So now we have to understand, well, what's going on with these presidential debates, Right. What's going on? So Charlemagne says, hey, I saw my son. I saw that you were, you know, bigging up Marianne Williamson. And my son says, well, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard anyone on the debate stage say that much truth before. If you have not been paying attention to what Marion Williamson has been saying on these debate stages and you think she's just crazy, you're missing out. Now, I don't know what her agenda is. I don't know if it's a bait and switch. I don't know all that. But what I do know is the stuff that's coming out of her mouth is the truth and it represents black culture. That, that part I do know. I don't know who hired her or who sent her and who she's aligned with. I, I can... I could probably assume some things, but I told y'all on a past episode when we did a series on building your own table, I told you about Marion Williamson. It, do, do y'all remember that? I said, watch out for Marion because she is playing a different game. She don't need the political connects. And so what my son is saying is, yo, she got my attention. 
So then the question becomes, and Tamika Mallory did an excellent job asking this, is who's checking the checkers down at the border? We talked about this on the Cornell West podcast episode. I mean, this is just getting out of hand. It's just getting out of hand. When you are looking at the numbers of children that are being separated from their families, we don't know what's happening to them. This country has a history of uh, exploiting children. It has a history of sex trafficking. You just saw the owner from uh, the Patriots dealing with something with sex trafficking. There was a huge bust up. There's something going on at this border bigger than what but what we know. And while we're looking at Baltimore and we're looking over here, you better pay attention to the border. Man, <laughs> this whole thing is is it, it's really obvious what's happening. They're not hiding it at all. <laughs> I mean, you you would think that they would do a better job at this, but somehow it's almost like, okay, we know something's going on, but we'll just sit back and pretend like we don't know what's going on. So once again, this is just a really great, you know, interview. And uh, I look forward to, you know, continue listening and seeing what else is, is, is coming through. So we're at 30 minute mark of a 52 minute interview. And we're, we just, it's pretty obvious. What, they're, what everybody's saying around the table is we're living in the fastest society. Now, what is fascism? Fascism is a type of government that is is characterized by a one-party dictatorship. This means that there is a centralized government led by one person, known as a dictator. A fascist nation is against democracy and views a nation as more important than its individuals. And what they're saying is, it's basically where we're at. If if we don't wake up out of this this, uh, deep sleep we're in... (laughs) We're not going to really do anything. And we over here talking about trying to work with them and build a system with these people. No. Building with them isn't the answer, my friend. We're going to have to build separately. But are you too afraid to do it? Are you too afraid to build something separate? And then what they say on this interview, all everybody around the table, you know, we can't trust the Democrats. We can't trust the Republicans. No one's telling the truth. Because it's all it's all an illusion of solving problems. We're not solving problems. That's what I was trying to tell y'all a few episodes ago. Be careful with all these people that have all these solutions but haven't ever identified the problem. People want to go redevelop Baltimore. Okay, go redevelop it. Awesome. But what's the, what's the initial problem? What is the problem in Baltimore before you redevelop it? What is the problem in Detroit before you go reinvesting in it? What is the problem in this city? What's the problem in that city? What, what, what is the actual problem? Well, DJ, I don't look at problems. I only look at solutions. Uh, So you only look at how you can make money. (laughs) Because by ignoring the real problem, it allows you to continue to make money off the the real problem that already exists. 
that's what I when, when I hear that, that's what I dis- dissect. That's what I'm really hearing is you're making money off the fact that the problem is still going to happen. And since you're going to make money off of that, you would rather ignore the real problem and go look over there. Then my song brings up a really great point. Why is everybody on these debate stages and on the news? Everybody is scared to say black. Magically, the last two or three years, they're redefining everything to be people of color. All that means is colored people in reverse. So what? (laughs) The game, man. The game of semantics. It is. It, we are now in the game of semantics. What a great interview. You can catch the rest on uh, The Breakfast Club, uh, on the YouTube channel. It's a really great conversation. It's a really great time to pause and reflect. And I, I thank you all for, for coming in, listening. It, as, I, as I just sit back and I, and I just take in this moment, the biggest thing is, the system that is already in place, it knows what it's doing. And the people who designed the system knew what they were doing. And if you keep playing along with their system, you are going to regret it for the rest of your lives. Until next time, my friends. I'm DJ and Wisdom. I'm DJ Motri. Black Equity. I'm out.